It is October 28th, maybe 29th when you're listening to this. This is the PFF forecast. We're heading into week eight. We've made it this far, baby. So ain't nothing stopping us now. And uh, we are going to get, we've got to figure out the lock of the week. We're gonna get it back on the horse and uh, we're gonna go through the week eight slate. It's gonna be fun, let's rock. I need to know. Can I, I, can I, I? Are you superstitious? I'm a little stitious. Just a little stitious. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually not superstitious. You're not at all. No, okay. No. I'm, I like to think I'm not, but this is a situation that is testing my superstitiosity, if that's a, if that's a word. So we were 4 0, the lock of the week. And then I'm trying to determine what changed that has caused us to go on. Well, the what slot. happened is, is that we've been 4 0 on the written picks the last two weeks. So I feel like it's just variance is what you're saying. Yeah. You're, this, is why, this is why you're such a good friend because you bounce me out a little bit. I will say though, I will say, so every once in a while I make a trip to Indiana to bet. And almost always I'll bet on NFL games because I, mm -hmm. they're more fun to watch all this and stuff. The last time I went this week, I bet on two college games because this this slate I don't know man and I was on bet sweats today with our friend Ross I can Tucker. Tell you're, there's still a little that residual, and he's like he's like talk me into a game today, Eric. <laughs> I don't like any of these games, and I think I gave him one that he really likes. But it, this is a rough one because my intuition was incorrect. We were wrong about two games. <laughs> yeah. uh, I. So our model shows value on Pittsburgh. I would have totally said Baltimore. At, mm -hmm. at three and a half, sure, at six, but at three and a half, still value on Pittsburgh. I'm a little nervous about that. And then, of course, there's value on the Vikings. And our model has almost never shown value on the Vikings. I can think about, what, two games? Our, let's put it in perspective. Our model is so against the Vikings that it has shown value on Atlanta <laughs> against the Vikings. Okay, so yeah. like that should go to it. but. So I want to go back real quick and I want to diagnose some of what I think went wrong in the Chicago LA pick. Okay. I want to get back to our core values here. What wins football games? Offense, quarterback play, more offense. What we don't want to rely on is a complete defense and a garbage yeah. quarterback. Well, in and Dallas, in the Dallas game, we were relying on a really unproven quarterback. It turns out, and a not so proven offense, mm -hmm. right? And so, I hope we can get back to that a little bit. At the over in the Houston Jacksonville game, we were relying on a quarterback in Gardner Minshew, who I don't think, although every Jacksonville game since has been mm -hmm. a high-scoring affair, right? Um, that game just didn't end up getting over. Watson, I just was talking to Aaron Reese of the Athletic on the way here. You know, he was basically like, "How is this team so good when Watson, or how is this team so bad when Watson's so good?" Mm -hmm. Like, I think that one was just variance. Like, we had the two missed field goals at the end of the half. We had the James Robinson throw on fourth down. The 
the Dallas game, we just we've misread Dallas this year. Like I, I mean, and I 100%. and I'm I stand to lose a decent amount of money unless they turn it around and win the NFC East, um, because they're they're awful, they're terrible. Um, and then I think with Chicago, like look, Chicago played Chicago won outright in Carolina the week before. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the Panthers' offense is that much worse than the Rams. If Nick Foles doesn't throw that awful interception in the end, I mean the game, the game. Look, the game sucked. It was yeah, it was. But bad but I also it. think we misread the Rams. Like I have a pretty decent position on Rams under, and and as of right now, the loss of Wade Phillips has not hurt them at all. Mm-hmm. Their special teams now they just cut their kicker, but that hasn't mattered as much. In fact. Hacker is as good as any punter in the league. And Jared Goff has played well this year. Can I just say something real quick? The, so the Monday Night Football game, obviously, I was tilted beyond belief. But um, they were – and now Hecker's great. But, you know, you know that your offense is a goddamn disaster when the opposing team's punter is the MVP of the game, yeah, yeah, okay? Yeah. Yep. If your offense and your quarterback is such an atrocity yeah. that the punter against you is winning the game, you need to reconsider yeah, things. You need to, you need to reevaluate your life. Um, okay, let's, let's move on to the slate because as much as you just said, it kind of sucks and it does, I'm excited for this. Yeah. When the going gets tough, the, the, tough. Uh, the tough get going. Here's so, one, so let's talk about tomorrow briefly. That's what I wanted to start okay. with, good. I said this and Atlanta, I, Atlanta, Carolina, in Carolina, Carolina by two and a half. I said this on on a show today, and I've been wrong from the Marcus perspective, but I think I'll eventually be right. I think the under is a play in this game. At fifty one and a half. Yeah, and I, I said at forty nine, and I bet it at fifty. At fifty one and a half, it crosses a key number, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. The Panthers had seven possessions against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when they faced Atlanta in Atlanta, again, it was another game where it was long, drawn out. The Panthers were efficient, but they didn't have a ton of possessions. And the Falcons, I think both these teams have terrible defenses, but both teams try to play in a way that limits their defense's effect on the game by limiting possessions. Yeah, it's a very interesting one because I agree with you from a how the teams play perspective, it could very well play under. Just as the Detroit Atlanta game, I thought played over and went under because both teams handed the ball to exactly. their running backs too much. Both were incredibly efficient. That, that game got to forty-five, despite the fact that fourteen of those points were in the last, actually fifteen of those points were in the last like two minutes of the game. Okay, so let me give you another view on this. Atlanta as a teaser opportunity. I have bet them in a teaser already, okay. yeah. So I want to consider that. And I I will get to Okay, let, let's just get to it right now. The handicap the handicap here is that even though the total's fifty one and a half, you think it plays under, but you don't want to rely on the under as your pick. You want to say Atlanta, for all their faults, have kept games close basically all year. Mm-hmm. And exactly. that's gonna be the case in this one. I don't hate it. Um, okay. Um, I, I'm not the... Well, it doesn't thrill me as, the, as much, though. Okay. All right. Let's keep that one on the table, then. And let's go to... Um, let's talk about Baltimore-Pittsburgh here. I want you to... Is this strictly three and a half? Is this strictly a number play? Because you look at the two quarterbacks, 
they're probably a little closer than people think. Lamar Jackson, 81.3 grade. Ben Roethlisberger, 73.8. Neither has been remarkably efficient throwing the ball from a clean pocket, about league average passer rating. Both of them have been above average pass rating-wise under pressure. Um, and I thought Chris brought up a good point on his podcast about Lamar Jackson, which is the way that teams have been trying to beat Lamar Jackson is they've been blitzing the crap out of him. And if any team's going to do that, it's going to be the Steelers. Yeah. So to me, this one really relies on whether Baltimore can run efficiently, you know, to, to kind of dilute the blitz there, which worries me because that's not really what you want to what you want to work on rely on plus you know, it's a it's a full field goal it's it's a full three and a half and yeah. so that's how i can kind of get behind it the flip side of that is the spot which is pittsburgh coming off of not just a their first big game but that game was a battle man yeah like, that was an absolute battle in baltimore i to me baltimore is getting a little bit of the chip of, on their shoulder mm-hmm. back on and I think their moves that they've made insinuate that. And um, they're coming off a bye. They have John Harbaugh, who's a great coach. And they have the better... W- would you say they have the better team in basically every position but wide receiver? Well, I guess the defensive line, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, well, and pass rusher. Yeah, they, they have... Uh, Steelers are better. I think the issue here is going to be how disciplined are the Steelers? Because last week they sold out to stop Henry. Mm-hmm. You saw it. Watt was, you know, sort of the backside player on a lot of run plays, chase Henry down. If if the Ravens pull a few of those out and 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 Lamar runs, I, I have a hard time um, seeing Pittsburgh stop that. Pittsburgh also Deontay Thompson did not practice today. Deontay Johnson did not practice today with a toe injury. He's a like probably their best receiver at this it's, point. He's not their most like clay claypool is the most vibrant receiver yeah. from a social standpoint but um deontay johnson's by far and away their number one receiver yeah so there there are question marks i have um but yeah i think this i think this number is probably on i think it's just a, a numerical play for us at this point right like we have it mm-hmm. at about 3.4 so there is value in catching the three obviously over time total on the game's fine um yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to bet this game, um, I might just bet Pittsburgh money line mm-hmm. at yeah. plus 170. Okay, let's move to um, New England Buffalo because I'm a glutton for punishment. I want to be hurt, and uh, you want to be hurt by Bill, and that is why I am uh, back back on my bullshit. I'm back with the New England <laughs> Patriots. Okay, let me make the case here. The the New England Patriots were beaten soundly by a well-oiled offensive machine that didn't need its quarterback to make great throws. And people kind of got on me today for the whole, like, Jimmy G doesn't matter thing. And what I mean by that is, to me, Jimmy G's 95% confidence interval encapsulates everything that Shanahan needs to win, Mm -hmm. even if he plays at the bottom or at the top. In other words, as long as he's not injured, it doesn't matter how Jimmy G plays within that interval, they can win. Yeah, he's capable of doing the things that are necessary for them to win. Exactly. Whereas on the other side with Buffalo, there's a lot more on Josh Allen's shoulders. Now, they do a lot for him, but there's still a lot more on his shoulders. And the fact that they almost lost to the New York Jets is in some ways more damning than the Patriots getting crunched by a legit team from the best division in the NFL. 
can Bill Belichick really be embarrassed twice in a row? The worrisome thing about the about about fading the Bills is you look at the game against the Jets, and if you want to actually weigh it as a as a thing, Bill the Bills never punted. They ended every drive on the side on the Jet side of the field. Um, it's troublesome that they couldn't convert in the red zone against the Jets, but it, it doesn't necessarily. It could just have been noise. Um, does does the fact that Stephon Gilmore's house is on the market worry you? Yeah, I mean, look, the problem with this is that we could be totally misreading this, and the Patriots, as I suggested on Sunday, might be tanking. And so, what you, what you don't want to have is a game where you get into it and you think, okay, both teams are going to play the same game. And one team clearly isn't, mm-hmm. and you be you're backing that team. I, That's my worry they, in this game. They wouldn't. So it's interesting. Richard Sherman said this. He was like, "If I'm the Patriots GM, I'm playing for this draft pick." But you can do the elegant tank, where okay, Gilmore's on the the trade block. I mean, Cam Newton's trying to get himself another contract. Mm-hmm. Julian Edelman. If you know, if he can make it onto the field, is trying to yeah. you know to win games here. Nikhil Harry's trying not to be a bust. Um, like their the motivation. Yeah, Joe Tooney's trying to play because he's a franchise tag player. Yeah. Like there's enough individual motivation here to like New England. I mean, honestly, Cam Cam's trying to convince Jason Whitlock he's not a bum, right? So like, uh, there's a lot. Look, it. Th- there's a, a decent amount of sample pass where we watch this game at one o'clock on Sunday and we say, wow, the Patriots were the side here. And mm-hmm. why were we on our bullshit? Like, cause look, what do the Buffalo Bills like to do? They don't like to run the ball, the running backs, right? What they want to do is drop back with Josh Allen and have their receivers get open. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing new England doesn't allow to happen. Yep. I mean, the, the, the last, throws, last the throws week, downfield and that's how new, uh, San Francisco beat them. San Francisco, uh, is, I mean, is my favorite stat, and you pointed this out on Monday. Mm-hmm. Over the last two weeks, Jimmy G's average depth of target is 5.2. It's the lowest in the NFL. Jimmy G's yards per attempt is 11.1. It's the highest in the NFL. Like yeah. that, if you look in the dictionary and you go, you scroll to M and you look for magic, that's the example yeah. in 2020. And while I, I think the world of Buffalo from an organizational standpoint, at some point in time, there's got to be some pride that Belichick has in saying, look, like, you pulled the wool over the rest of the league's eyes. You're not pulling it over my eyes. True. So there, this is this is a play that I don't hate. You're never, you're not going to get New England as underdogs very often, right? Just like it was just like Kansas City when they were three and a half point dogs to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to get that very often. Okay. Here's a game I like a lot, and I want you to steer me clear of this. I I know what this is. Philip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts on the road against Matt Patricia. I was ready. Re- I was ready for this. And the reborn Detroit Lions. Okay, I am ready. Rebirth. The most efficient passing offense in the NFL since Kenny Galladay's return from injury is the Detroit Lions. Okay. A team that you and I, before any of the national media we were on hopped on the goddamn bandwagon when it was a small little jalopy right. that we had to fill up on the side of a dusty road. When that was the bandwagon, you and I were on it. Okay? Yep. Now, they played in, in, uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. Every game against the Atlanta Falcons is weird. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that I, don't, that I hate the Colts at two and a half. The number there, I think there's value. Coming off by Frank Reich, the Colts are a relatively complete team. However, it's two and a half. I want to flip the script a little bit. 
and think about teasing Detroit. Total on the game, 50. I don't hate teasing Detroit. Um, they play a, a lot of close games. I don't think the Colts can get that much separation. But my concern here is the way in which the Colts play defenses is, is conducive to stopping Detroit. Who's the better quarterback in this game? Stafford. But, but, the... No one gets that joke. <laughs> For those of you who have no Neil idea what that is, it's, it's our, our benevolent father, Neil Hornsby, and his Cumbrian accent. Yeah, his Cumbrian accent, yeah. And what you don't know is that, Eric, when, he, when you have had between one and a half or over one and a half glasses of wine, the Cumbrian accent is enhanced, mm -hmm. a la steroids. Yeah. Uh, okay. Continue. Sorry. So, um, <clears throat> so when I look at this game, I think to myself, Detroit's going to run on early downs, and then they're going to try course. to throw alley oops to Galladay on third down. Of course. And does that work against a Colts defense that I think is is sort of the the yeah. anti Falcons defense? They're the the Colts defense is a keep things in front of you. They're very Chiefsian in that way, mm -hmm. right? Keep things in front of you. Uh, bleed out, play good red zone, force field goals. But to great me, turnovers. that is the makings of a great teaser. Detroit side. Okay. Okay. But I can see your point there. On the okay. Road. Speaking of another two and a half. Yes, sir. Take me. The Cleveland Browns. Take me up the road. The Cleveland Browns. Two and a half point favorites on at home in the mistake on the lake. Can against... I tell you the craziest thing about this? 85% of the cash and 85% of the tickets on the Vegas Raiders. Well, you know why that is. 98% of the money line bets. The hometown Raiders. I mean, no one wants any part of the Browns after beating the Bengals without Odo Beckham Jr. Feed me. Ben. That, is, that is where I'm at. I, the only issue I have is the matchup might be a little tough. I mean, the the linebackers and the safeties for Cleveland are kind of garbage, and the Darren Wallers are a really good football player. Here's the issue I have: the Browns just played well. They're gonna suck. It's the zigzag theory of gambling. But they okay. Here's here's my comeback. The Browns have done a great job of lining up Miles Garrett against the mark every week. <laughs> Trent Brown, strippers on his on his arm. Do you think Miles Garrett's going to have any problems getting to Derek Carr? <laughs> think Miles is he going to get, get uh, sidetracked on the way by the artwork? <laughs> the artwork. By the way, is that a bad tattoo? That's an awfully is made that a Rembrandt. What is that? Like, are you, if you're going to get a tattoo, you better get it done. It's for keeps. Okay, quick sidebar. You have to get a tattoo. What are you getting? It's a good question. Yeah, I don't, I, I've never thought about getting a tattoo in my life. Right, but now you are. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I had a friend in grad school, Courtney, who had like the, the repeated fraction that ended up being the golden ratio around her arm. I feel like it'd be something stupid and mathy like that. That is stupid and mathy. <laughs> that would qualify. Yeah. That's why, I don't know. I've never that's thought why of you've that never way. thought of it because yeah, yeah. your one thought because because I, was... I you just know that it would be dumb. Yep, that would be really bad. Okay, uh, that was a good sidebar. So, uh, 
I like taking advantage of what I believe to be true. And people are angry because Odell Beckham Jr. is out for the year. And that sucks. I hate it for Odell Beckham Jr. The fact remains that everything points to the Browns offense being more efficient without him. Um, I'm going to talk about Richard Sherman again. You go listen to the podcast. He explains it. He agrees. And I don't think Richard Sherman is just going to agree with that to, you know, spit in Odell Beckham Jr.'s face. There's something to the fact that the Cleveland Browns offense is is equally distributed and more balanced without Odell Beckham Jr. in there and that Baker Mayfield looks more comfortable. And that was the first game that Baker has had graded over 90. Uh, I don't know if he had one his rookie year. He may have, but in a very long time. Yeah. It, uh, and are the Ra- is the Raiders defense any good? Raiders defense stinks. It's That's awful. It might be worse Kareem than the Hunt's, Cincinnati Kareem Bengals. Hunt is like, you know, playing really well out of the backfield. The linebackers for the Raiders are garbage. The Arnett's still COVID-19 reserve. Does that help or Excuse hurt? Excuse me. Um, okay, I like this one. Let's consider it. I we'll am. come back Let's to con- it. Consider it. Quick reminder about our friends at monkeyknifefight.com. If you deposit $20 into your account at monkeyknifefight.com and use promo code PFF, you get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. That's a $40 value. For a $20 deposit at a place that will provide you endless amounts of fun, which is exactly what monkeyknifefight.com gives you. It's basically like playing props, but in a much more fun and engaging way. They have a bunch of prop games on all sports across uh, all the different ones that you might be interested in. I was going to say baseball, no longer baseball, thank God. Um, so go to monkeyknifefight.com, deposit $20, promo code PFF, and get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at pristineauction.com. Check out their daily auctions with $1 starting bids on over 8,000 football items. I didn't even know there that many existed. Uh, signed helmets, balls, jerseys, and much more. Pristine Auction guarantees authenticity on every product, which is a big deal. Use promo code PFF for $10 off your first invoice. A lot of good stuff happening at PFF. Obviously, if you get a PFF Edge or Elite subscription, you get a ton of great content, a bunch of awesome tools. With an Elite subscription, you get PFF Greenline, which now, by the way, shows you the value uh, that we have on any uh, spread, total, or money line in the actual schedule. So you don't have to click into the game. You can just scroll through and see it. Thank the Lord. Um, The DFS Optimizer slash Lineup Builder, you can do Showdown, you can create crazy stacks. Um, it's awesome. So uh, tools and content galore. But if you don't want to pay for anything, that's okay too. We've got some really good podcasts you might want to check out. The Daily Betting Podcast every single day. College, NFL, depending on the day. Um, Eric and I will be on there occasionally. Our friend Ben Brown does a lot of those. And then the boss, Chris Collinsworth, has a podcast with a guy named Richard Sherman, who you may have heard of. Rich came hot this week. So you'll want to listen to that. He has some really good stories about Larry Fitzgerald talks about the Pats, um, talks about the Cowboys, some real interesting stuff. So you should go check it out. Uh, the Chris Collins with podcast featuring Richard Sherman. I want to quickly go over two games where I loved the over on Sunday night and um, try and understand from you why maybe we shouldn't bet them. The first is Cincinnati at home hosting the Tennessee Titans. And the this total has gone down. The number has gone down. It is now 53 and a half. Explain to me how this has gone down when the Tennessee Titans can't cover anybody and the Cincinnati Bengals can't cover anyone either. 
Well, I'm actually going to plan my weekend while I'm also looking at this. Cincinnati weather on Sunday, 50 mile, uh, 17 mile per hour winds. I feel like the the, the weather, wind. the wind, the wind, yeah, is the big thing there. Are you telling me I have to? I'm going to have to bike to the office in 17 mile hour winds. Uh, yeah. So, so by the I way, think that for that's... people for people saying just take an Uber, you don't understand how much I hate Ubers that smell. Well, the, bad. the problem with I the... would bike in a hailstorm to avoid a I would, poorly. I would rather Uber. have the wind in my face for the amount of time that you have to bike to work, which is probably like five minutes, than to sit in a sauna that is somebody's Uber that yep. smells like nacho cheese. I, I'm not doing that. Exactly. <laughs> so I'll be windswept on Sunday yeah. morning. So that okay. that would be my only Thank thing. Thank you. But um but I I I would never bet the under if you gave me a free roll in this mm -hmm. game. Okay. Thank you. Now, next. Los Angeles goes to Denver. Total 44 and a half. I there must be something I'm missing cuz I don't understand how this total is so fucking low i think it's the drew lock i think the people think drew lock is garbage which okay. which may be true but let's go back and let's only look at, five mile per hour wind sunday against in Denver, right the weather is not an issue here okay so let me make a case then for drew lock the new england game first off he's playing new england i think we should give new england's defense a little more credit okay he played well in that game one of his highest graded games that he's had so we can kind of wipe that one away a little bit. Next game is in the snow against Patrick Mahomes. Drew Locke's not ready for that. This game is in good weather against Justin Herbert, who I now go to. Justin Herbert throws the rock down the football field. Is he going to be deterred in doing that in this game? Absolutely not. How yeah. do they not get to 44 and a half? I don't know. I, I... I don't know. Um, Chargers have been a team whose totals have been low this year, but have almost always. I'm low, uh, so do you think, because here's the way I was talking myself out of it. Herbert has been remarkably good in unstable situations. He's been amazing on third down. He's been amazing in the red zone. He's been amazing throwing the ball deep. Amazing under pressure. His pass rating under pressure is 100.9. For what it's worth, Drew Locke's pass rating when clean added to his passer rating when under pressure is still less than Justin Herbert's passer rating from a clean pocket. Wow. That's how bad the results for Drew Locke have been. Since Herbert started home where he turned the ball over four times and they got the 37 points, it's been 69 points against Tampa Bay on the road, 57 points against the Saints on the road, and then last weekend, uh, was it 68 points against the Jaguars? Um, their defense is not the best. Gardner Minshew was on the verge of being benched mm -hmm. slash you know slain last week and came back and scored 29 points on them. Um, granted, one was a block kick and all that kind of stuff, but still, um, I think this total should be up closer to like 47, 48. So uh, over, we wrote it up earlier in the week. Uh, I think it's probably got some value. Okay. Um, okay, where do you want to go next here? Do you uh, want to just get this one over with? No. I don't want to talk about the Vikings or the Cowboys. I'm assuming there's value in both of those. I don't, I don't want to talk about the Cowboys unless you're going to try and convince me to tease the Eagles down to one and a half. And I don't really want any part no, of that. No, I don't want that either because they suck too. Um, okay. Think about Dolphins, Rams over. 46. Okay. I have considered this one a little bit. And my worry is that this is a little bit of a letdown spot for the Rams. 
who just won on Monday Night Football, uh, who are traveling across, who then have a bye, and then have a really tough schedule. And the fact that there's a decent chance, like we don't know anything about Tua really, like what if they come out and it's just like, oh my God, they can't move the ball. And so LA's like, all right, well, we'll just run Malcolm Brown 40 times and win 10 to three. Yeah, well, the, yeah, there's the Tua thing, the uncertainty there certainly clouds my judgment. There's not that big of an edge, honestly, on it. So um, it's just something to think about when you look at the Rams' defense is probably going to be a little over their – you know, they're they're facing an offensive line in the in the Dolphins that's actually a lot better than the offensive line for, um, you know, for the Chicago Bears. True. Um, defense for L.A. has some injuries, Fuller – Burgess, like they, 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 you know, mm-hmm. they've had some injuries in the in the defensive backfield. Um, Goff is kind of a high variance player, although they've done a really good job with him this year. I mean, the boot action stuff he had the other day was great. Um, I mean, okay, can we talk about that game real quick? Mm-hmm. If Nick Foles has a pulse, yeah, that they win that game. And and the secondarily, if anyone on the Chicago Bears decides to try and catch a pass from Jared Goff. They win that game. Every time Jared Goff had to wait more than 2.5 seconds and throw further than five yards down the football field, it was up for grabs. Like, Mm -hmm. Deshaun Gibson thought he was playing volleyball. If he had just gone, oh, wait, this is football, I can catch this, that's a pick six. Like, they they score 14 points on defense, and it's a a closer game. I, I was not impressed with Goff at all, and it's not as if Miami is a total disaster on defense. Brian Flores has done a really good job. Mm hmm. Yeah, they'll do they'll do some of that zero coverage that you know Goff will not be ready for. Okay, yeah, let's lay off that. So, um, no value in Dallas, really no value. Let me look at the Tampa Bay. I could think about an over, but the Giants' offense is so bad in that Monday night game. We'll probably that'll probably be a props game. Um, Kansas City, you were on the right side. The Jets have gone down to 19 and a half. My, here's my thing about that game. Can I talk about this for a second? Mm-hmm. So I think in normal circumstances, the Chiefs being 20-point favorite, 19 and a half point favorites, would be troublesome mm-hmm. in that the back door is always open. The Chiefs are kind of just playing ho-hum. Their defense is kind of a you know, bend yep. but don't break, blah, blah, blah. I said this on the Pinnacle podcast, and I was like, what happens if the Chiefs start this game 21-0? I think that that's where the game ends. The The Jets... You have that much faith in the Chiefs' defense? It's not the Chiefs' defense. You just think that the Jets are the that Jets, bad? The Jets have scored... What's the weather supposed to be in this game? Uh, that's a great question. I want to say it was kind of bad earlier. Because the MO for the Chiefs... By the way... The MO for the Chiefs has been to not try against teams that suck. Yeah, Sunday it's 50, 50 mile, hour, mile per hour wins. Let, uh, me, let me ask you this. Okay. In that game against the Broncos, right, if they play the same way, if, that, if the Kansas City offense plays the same way. And they don't get the, touch, the two they returns. They don't get kind of the, the variance on their side. Yeah. My issue is just the Jets have shown that an inability to score this year. So really? you're going to be begging for how, a backdoor I mean, how, touchdown that's just you're not, not going to happen. Okay, but you're never going to find a 19.5-point favor where you're like, you know what? They're kind of good. But do you do you see the Chiefs <laughs> scoring fewer than 24 points? I would say, I mean, what's their team total? Their team total has got to be what? 30, 
34? Something like that, right? So, yeah, because my issue is, is like if the Chiefs score 27 points in this game, you're not covering the spread if you're the Jets. Like their offense, they scored. They were up ten nothing. They did not score again. Yeah. They didn't score against the Dolphins all right. at all. all right. That's talked, what I, that, that's my argument the against the Jets. If people want to bet the Jets, the back door is slammed shut on that team by their own by their own uh, volition, I guess. Okay. Um, I want to spend a decent amount of time talking about the um, what I think is actually the game of the weekend, and that's San Francisco Seattle. A couple days ago. Actually, yesterday. Sorry. Everything feels like it's a couple days ago. Yep. Yesterday, the Niners were plus 150 on the money line. And and I liked that. I, I went and bet it. And um, I, am, I am increasingly more... I don't think three... I don't think you're getting value at minus 110 at three. It, you know, it's just... It, 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 the fact that the number is three, you expect a close game. Defense for the... For the, they're just terrible defensively. They're just awful. And, and Carl Sunlap's a nice addition, but let's like slow our roll a little bit on him turning this entire defense. By the way, people calling him Los is just the funniest. It's like, great. Los is a great nickname. Um, but I, I mentioned the stat about the Niners already. And am I worried about Devo Samuel not playing? Yes. But man, I mean. I just bet over in that game, by the way. Ayuk and yes. And I, that was going to get me to the second thing. So we don't, it's 130 now on the money line. No value there. Three, no value. But I, as I was talking about the putrid Seattle defense and the generational San Francisco scheme, and then you go to the other side of the ball and you go, okay, yeah, San Francisco's defense has played well, but what do we know matters? Quarterback play. Who just lost a game by throwing a couple of bad picks? Russell Wilson. Uh, I would expect Russell Wilson to be on his game here. And if this is a close game going back and forth, I mean, I know 53 and a half is a lot, but come on now. Mm-hmm. So I was going to throw the, um, I was going to throw the, uh, the over there. Yeah. As an option. By the way, I was, I was going to ask you this question. What if the, what if the Raptors moved to Kansas city? Would you be pumped? I think that'd be great for Kansas city. Yeah, I thought it'd be awesome. I, did, I just brought it up. I thought about the chiefs and I thought about basketball. They might be, I heard they were going to move to Louisville. Really? Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Game. Yeah. I was more in favor of that. Um, Okay. Yeah, I don't mind the over there. Uh, I'm fascinated by that game. I, I'm really. Interested. It should really be the Sunday night game. For fuck's sake! Like, I mean, can can Danucci catch it? Catch it? I was. Like, I was like, it's still Wednesday. Just, it's Wednesday. We could move these okay. games around. What are the chances that someone from the Dallas Cowboys was at the celebration for the Los Angeles Dodgers post World Series, and that? J- Carrot Top, a.k.a. Justin Tucker, or whatever the hell is, Turner, whatever the hell his name is, <laughs> who got coronavirus and then went and kissed all of his teammates and his wife and his wife's yeah, wives. Like put his tongue this. in everybody's ear I mean, before it was just the game was absolutely over. hilarious. It's like going to you know, your average church service here in Ohio. <laughs> um, love you all. If you go to church here in Ohio, I love you too. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe there's a Dallas Cowboy, maybe Ben DiNucci, Hanging out with for with the good the of the league. This game is going to be brutal, man. For the good of the league, we're going to have to bet so many props. We're going to have to bet all of the props that are just absolute sweats. Mm-hmm. Like both quarterbacks. The no total touchdown. on that game is forty-three. This does remind me, though. You remember two years ago, the Dallas Cowboys 
Hold it. Remember when? Remember when they they acquired Amari Cooper and we were like, "What the heck are you doing? Dak sucks. All this kind of stuff." And they they went to Philly. Philly's wearing those dumb black uniforms. Dude, the I white. remember this game so well. And Zeke went all Daniel Jones after hurdling a linebacker. He was like wide open, just falls down. Dak we overthrows Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper walks back to the hug, goes, fuck me. It was like, literally, you could see it in his face. Like, he hated Dak already. Dallas is seven and a half point dogs and won the game outright. I, well, I think we had Dallas in that game, too. I have a good story from that game. And now, Danucci is whatever. But, like, what if that happens again? Okay, well, there's a big difference. Dak Prescott turns out to be actually good. I, we um, don't know anything about Danucci. We know that he, he sucked his initial performance. And they used from FBS yeah. school, FCS school. Anyway, go ahead. There was a well-known um, personality in Philadelphia who uh, who said something to the effect of, "This is a stone cold lock. the The Eagles are going to absolutely destroy the Cowboys. Dak Prescott sucks." Was it Al? No, it was not Al. No, no it was like a um, it was like a Philly radio guy, like a well-known Philly oh, sure, radio sure. guy. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, Meryl yeah. Reese? No. <laughs> One uh, of the best voices he, of all time. But the funny thing about this guy was he was wearing like a minkish coat kind of thing. So when I saw this guy, he's like 5'6". And I saw this guy and he said this and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go bet Dallas. <laughs> okay. Um, It'd be really nice if Dallas won that game out, right? It would be. Yes. Um, okay. Let's, let's talk about Minnesota. We got to talk about Minnesota here. Okay, I'm going to make this claim. So here's what worries me about the Minnesota Vikings. Their interior offensive line getting roasted by Kenny Clark for like the 15th straight time. That being said, I have faith not in Kirk Cousins to win a game in Lambeau. To keep it close. But he has two of the five highest grade receivers in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And in the last game against Green Bay, it started out really poorly, but they did kind of get it together at the end. It's seven points. Um, there, Green Bay, I feel like even though they got that wake-up call against the Bucks, it's like the, the Vikings just don't feel like legit. They're, you know, what are they, one and five now? And for Minnesota, this is a really backs-up-against-the-wall moment because – if they are going to tear this down and rebuild, only, there's really only one player that matters in this game for Minnesota that's going to be there, and that's like Justin Jefferson, right? So all these other players, Kirk Cousins coming out here like, you know what, screw this. Mike Zimmer's like, hey, people think I'm like they should have kept Stefanski, like screw me, like all this stuff. So I don't know. I, I, it, the other thing is that it totally it slapped us both in the face, and I think sometimes there's some benefit to – being like, oh, we were so on the other side of this. What can the math teach us? Yeah, yeah that's a good one. I yeah, I mean, I you know, this number has moved out to seven. It was it was bet by a decent number of people early in the week down to six and a half. I just don't know if I can get there with Minnesota because their defense is so atrocious. But that's we've gotten ourselves in trouble by overvaluing defense yeah. over the past couple of weeks. That's true, and the Packers. It's hard to say this, but the Packers aren't that good. Where would you put the Packers right now? Um, our power rankings have them 
fifth. Behind them is, is Seattle, New Orleans, Tennessee, San Francisco, L.A. Mm-hmm. I think if you put them anywhere between five and ten, that makes sense. So we have Kansas City, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, top four. I kind of agree with that. I I think all the teams between five and ten, except for San Francisco, are basically like offenses doing well, defenses are ass. So then like By they're the way, all kind I, of I uh before our power rankings were done running, I like trying to test myself on what I thought it would be. And I was pretty close. I went Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Baltimore. Um, I think I had Seattle actually ahead of Green Bay yeah. and Pittsburgh. But that cluster there are all really, really close. They're yeah. all with one one point of one another in terms of. Um, and then, and then the the next like four or five. So you go Buffalo, Indy, Arizona, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I feel like are all. Yep. And then Chicago being below New England's funny because yeah, Chicago is an average team. On Let a me just say game. this: if you look at New Orleans, Tennessee, San Francisco, and L.A. To me, there are two teams in that group that have a chance. And and that, I actually, New Orleans is not one of them. I actually think it's Tennessee and San Francisco. Yeah. To make a leap. But anyways. I think LA is, is living off of playing some bad opponents. And San Francisco has had their warts, but I think are fine. Tennessee, if they could figure out how to stop somebody on the other side of the ball slash not run the ball so much to the mm-hmm. to the log, I think that that's probably a good um, good okay. team. Um, I think I'm with you in terms of not wanting to make Minnesota the lock of the week. So let's try and figure this this puppy out. Okay. <laughs> let's. Uh, so so my 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 first choice is Cleveland. Not talk me off of Cleveland. I, do I need to? People, people are are. I think people are less willing to take Cleveland because they they got screwed by the Bengals, or sorry, by the extra point that Cleveland had against the Bengals last week. And there's some they residual lost to the Bengals. Who has more heart, Joe Burrow, at home? Sir, in Joe the Burrow Queen, has more heart than in the most, Queen City than most. The Las Vegas Raiders traveling, ten o'clock game. Already like a, a messed up schedule last week where they thought they were playing in front of Chris. Don't get to play in front of Chris. <laughs> um, Trent Brown, multiple strippers on his. Who said they were strippers? Oh, sorry. <laughs> they could just be a bunch of. <laughs> just friends. Yeah, they could just be like norm- people Maybe with different professions. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I think this is a game where Derek Carr is absolutely dreadful. Okay. Miles Garrett just. Miles Garrett is like looks across the line of scrimmage, sees Mason Rudolph's face embedded into Derek Carr's helmet, and it's just like it's over, Johnny. Okay. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. I think I've come off the teaser. I do. I do like, and I will bet Atlanta, Detroit teasers. Yeah. Um. I think my my other choice because I do like Cleveland. I like the the difference in opinion um, with us in the public. But I think the other choice that I would like to throw out there would be Seattle, San Francisco over. And 
I think here what you're doing is you're betting on things that are stable and that's offense. And in Cleveland, you're betting on something that is stable to a degree, but I don't know if we know enough about Stefanski and the Browns to be that confident. Can I ask a question? Small question. You may. The number actually just went up half a point while we were talking. So To what? 54. Oh. But do you think that they don't let Russ cook? Um... You think they don't let Russ cook if because of the turnovers last week? Absolutely not. Pete Carroll is a principled man. A principled man. Mm -hmm. If he if there was one coach that I would trust to go, if I let that game get in the way of my quarterback continuing to dominate then I'll be damned. I'd rather go down than, than lose my quarterback's confidence. Okay. And here's the other 54 thing. 54 is a lot, though. They don't have a running back. Carson's hurt. Yeah, and Carlos Hyde's questionable with the hamstring. Who's going to catch the ball f- for the Niners? Ayuk? Kendrick uh, Bourne? Kittle? The, the greatest tight end in history? Yeah. If you don't count Travis Kelsey, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not, not. Ayuk. No, and and it looks like Jordan Reed might play this week too. Um, over fifty four is a tough one, though. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Whereas Cleveland just basically has to win. But uh, it's tough. Did they it's go? Tough. Did they go over? So let me look at Seattle's games. Seattle's defense is awful. So maybe. I mean, they are. If there was a defense that was like primed for Kyle Shanahan, this is a huge game for the Niners. Okay, let me look at something. The Niners win this game. They're five and three. A win over Seattle. Seattle now five and two. They play them next at home. Mm-hmm. Supposed to They're be gonna dry get on Sherman. Sunday. They're gonna get Sherman back. Supposed to be dry on Sunday. They're gonna get Debo back. Like this is They're playing in Seattle, but like no fans. They're just going up the road. 65% of the tickets on the over. That makes sense. I, I like both. I like both. I suggest, so here's the thing. I suggested Chicago last week. I feel like an idiot. It was I'm, fine. I'll let you make the final call. Let's go Seattle, San Francisco over. What? Yeah. How? Uh, because we're getting some market movement on that side. Let's let's chase the steam until it gets to a certain number. Okay. Cleveland Cleveland is a feet don't fail me now situation. I want to see it happen. I mean, I bet Cleveland, but I'm not. I like this. I, I bet this game while you were talking about it. You know what else we could do? We could double fist. Double right. locks of the week. Try and get let's our- do two. For the first time in PFF <laughs> forecast history, Cleveland minus two and a half. Oh, this is going to end so Seattle poorly. over 54. Let's either get we, it. Either we're below 500 by the time the week's over or we're, we're surging we're back. back. All right, let's do it. Fortune favors the, the bold. bold. Hey, uh, we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. Um, thank you guys for hanging out with us. And uh, let's have an awesome week. Let's rock. 
<laughs> I love how you look out there. That's so good. <laughs>